Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good job by Coop. For those of you who are watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash WEI. And good morning to those of you listening on the Odyssey app. Listen to us on the Odyssey app wherever you are. Coop has uh, thrown up a tweet from Mike Garofalo. He tweeted it two minutes ago. It's Zach Wilson's team officially. Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tendon is torn, and MRI has confirmed. Wilson gives the Jets the best chance to win, in their opinion. The number two pick is QB1 again. That from Mike Garofalo of NFL Media. So it is official. Aaron Rodgers is done. We... We'll take a uh, a quick trip to Imagination Land. And then when we come out of Imagination Land, we'll have a real discussion about how the AFC East could end up changing depending on uh, what the New York Jets want to do. Uh, folks, Foyer and I are committed to uh, bringing you not only the best sports talk in the city, uh, but by far the best football talk and breakdown you're going to find anywhere. And uh, I'm sticking to that because I think we back it up all the time. And one of the things that we want to do on Tuesdays is something called Upon Further Review. So on Monday mornings, people come in hot with a lot of opinions. And then maybe you get a little context throughout the day. You know, on Patriots Monday, Fourier, we end up talking to players. And we learn things being down at Gillette and all that kind of stuff. And we want to be able to do this upon further review to, A, maybe take back some things or to add context to some opinions that we had maybe on a Monday morning, but also a chance to kind of go back and get a second set of eyes on the tape. And I went back and watched uh, a healthy chunk of this game yesterday, Foyer, but I was looking for a couple of things that are for upon further review. And I actually went to the defensive line. Ooh. Because there's a tweet that I'm going to reference that I ended up liking yesterday at The Real Gresh on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. You can get me everywhere at that. And uh, it was about Christian Barmore's pass rush win rate. So I want to go back and look at that. But I mentioned yesterday I wanted to go back and look at the 25 or so snaps of Keon White. And, oh, my God, it was better than I thought it was going to be. There are three things to me that stand out about Keon White, okay? And the first one, you might laugh at me, or you might say, I get what you're saying. He plays ridiculously hard. Ridiculously hard. As in, we were talking about like with Fletcher Cox on the Philadelphia end. He didn't have a lot of plays, but when he came in, he played with a thump. He knew what to do. He was a difference maker in the little snaps that he got. And there are... Guys who play hard but almost look out of control. This guy plays hard, and he's not out of control. And I think you understand the context with which I mean that. Um, Because some guys who are pass rushers are, as Bill Parcells would say about Chris Slade, dogs chasing cars. And then there are guys that are really good pass rushers who do it under control enough 
to where they can still get the job done, but they're not going to run by the quarterback. They're not going to lose their feet. They're not going to make an over-aggressive type play. Somehow, at least in week one, Keon White balanced looking like he's going to be one of those guys that's going to overrun people, but didn't. So it looked like he was just a man possessed at times, and he beat up Lane Johnson at right tackle. I think Lane Johnson was a little bit surprised by how, I would say, for a vet, irritatingly irritatingly hard he played. He was irritatingly – he plays irritatingly hard. Define that NFL guy. Even when the play is over, the dude won't stop running. Dude, the play is way – you're not getting to the ball, dude. It's like for an older guy, it's like, all right, dude, my job's done. But yeah, but I would I would say nobody had any real tape on him. They had some that first preseason game, but I don't think they really knew like what he was really capable. Of. I think Lane Johnson probably underestimated him. No doubt. I don't think most people are going to do that anymore. And I do think though he will get himself into trouble. Of course, because he is see ball get ball. Forget about the keys. You know, like little things that Bill will talk about and Mayo and those guys. Hey, don't run past the quarterback. He's a scrambling quarterback. You you run behind him. He's just going to run away. You got to stay equal with him. Like, you got to match his depth with, with your depth. So that way he we keep the pocket clean, right? If, if the tackle has a camera in his rear end, push him so that camera goes up against the quarterback, not past him or by him. Yeah, so I, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't think anyone thought he wouldn't be so irritatingly aggressive and effort driven. Like he that is who he is. I, I would add like the best thing for him is that he was drafted in the second round. Well, he was every bit as impactful as Jalen Carter was against better players. The majority of the time Jalen Carter matched up against rookie guards. Yeah. Keon White went against both tackles and moved their asses. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff yesterday. Uh, Brian Baldinger was, you know, um, highlighting him. I saw you retweet that yeah, at Christian and, Fourier. That was good stuff. Yeah, and it was and, – and I we talked about this yesterday about um, – then I saw somebody else highlighting, uh, you know, Christian Gonzalez and another one, uh, Mar- Marte Marp, who are, are talking about the rookie guards or the receivers, one drafted, one not. And I said, is there, is there another team in the league right now that is getting more production from their their draft class, this 2023 draft class, than the Patriots, including special teams player. And we mentioned, we re- we listed them off. All of them are playing. Mm-hmm. All of them are contributing, starting, significant reps. So to your point, Dax Randall did a, a breakdown on like snap counts and stuff like that. Like Gonzalez played all 100%. Keon White was only in 35% of the time. Mapu had nine plays. Ryland had a couple of PATs. Sal and Moffey played 80 plays. That was 100% on offense. Booty was at 55. Douglas was at 33. Berenger had five punts. And Amir Speed ended up playing 17 snaps of special teams. What are we, so, like you said, there's not another team that has. I, I, I don't, I'm not even going to look into it. I know for a fact. I think you're right. There isn't another team in the NFL. And I would say go back five years. Go back five years, go back ten years, and find me another team who's not just, hey, hey, I made the team, like a six-round pick that made the team. Now, they may change as the season goes along, but as far as an opening weekend goes, Mm -hmm. there is not another team that has gotten more production out of their rookie class than the Patriots. Well, it also hurts you because the booty couldn't put his feet in bounds. Fair enough. 
I guess. And there were spots open, unlike in years past where we referenced 07 and even 03, how difficult it was to make previous Patriot teams because the roster was so loaded. And this one, there were spots to be grabbed. Uh, and some of them are on the low, you know, like, again, as much as we all love Pop Douglas and he's had a good showing so far, Douglas and Booty are at the bottom of that wide receiver chain. You know, those guys are still working their way into into playing time. I also saw this yesterday that sparked me in or that sparked some thought as I was watching Keon White. I saw this from Seth Walder of ESPN, like oh, NFL okay. Next Gen Stats. Yep. Top 10 players in pass rush win rate at defensive tackle in week one. Now, this was before last night's game. Number one was Jonathan Allen of Washington. Number two was Jalen Carter, who, of course, was beaten up on those rookies, no question. Do you know who number three was? Keon White. Christian Barmore. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, because they had White on the outside pretty much. White was working almost okay. exclusively against tackles on the whole, and Barmore was more inside. So I went back and looked, and I didn't see it. It feels statty. It feels like one of those next-gen stats type things where you go and look, and you're like, okay, how are they defining that? I thought White was more impactful in the pass rush than Barmore was. And with Barmore... I'm still waiting. Here's, here's I think, I have a problem with Barmore. I thought he was going to be a little more Warren Sapp-like in that he's not massive. Like, this isn't, you know, Richard Seymour, who was 6'6 six, six and a half and 3'10", just normal. Barmore's a big dude, don't get me wrong, but I thought there would be a little more inside quickness there. I thought there would be a little more inside push there. I thought there would be sort of just, Warren Sapp was like inside, but he was so quick and he could beat guys off the ball. I don't see that enough from Barmore. And a lot of White's sort of rush was very, I'm just going to run you over. He was bull rushing the hell out of everybody for a period of time. But I, I don't know. That number didn't exactly match up for what I saw on tape with Barmore. I don't know if there was no, anything that flashed I, I, from him. No, but I didn't. But if he if he didn't flash, then then I just disregard it. Like, if 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 you say, what flash? I was like, well, okay, well, I don't remember anything. I looked at the game twice, and nothing necessarily stood out as far as some of the other players that we mentioned. Yeah. Gonzalez, Keon White. I think with Barmore, it is interesting. He had that first year, and then next thing you know, he's doing post-game interviews. So you know they trust him. You know they like him. They think he's going to be good. And then the next year, there's these huge expectations with him in 2022, and he gets hurt. And then he's just never really living up to them, and he's never really being the player that you thought he'd be. Okay, fine. Everybody gets a year or two break, sophomore slump, whatever. You're really expecting him to be the man now to take a jump. Like it's, you're, you're the next Lawrence guy. You're, you're Devon Godchow. You're a guy where you're the anchor of our defense. They, they were playing a lot of like heavy nose right on top of the center. Yeah, they covered the center a yeah. lot, and that a is lot. that is just something where I don't know. I would say. First game, fine. Upon further review, not what you thought he could be, especially with the stats that they gave to him. That's really what made Seems I like wouldn't have looked. Almost. Yeah, like he, hollow. I didn't see a lot of Barmore. Like I saw Barmore out there, <clears throat> but I didn't see him sort of flashing or making plays. And when that stat came across the Twitter timeline yesterday, I was like, hmm, okay. 
Uh, anything that jumped out to you upon further review, uh, or did you? I'm assuming you just nailed it yesterday. No, no, got, no. I mean, listen, I'll do it quickly. I was going to mention uh, Born, but I did mention that. I what I what I kind of recognized, I thought was interesting, was do you think that the Patriots are getting too much credit for fighting through it? Do they get? Do you feel like they're getting too much credit? And, and I'll, I'll compare it to last year. Hmm. What I am seeing and hearing are people comparing this fight to last year's fight. Like last year, they didn't have any fight. Like they laid down. Like it was a different. It was like it was different. Like this year, you can feel good about this team because they're fighting, and they were down sixteen points and they fought through it. Right, as opposed to last year when they basically just laid down. And I was like, well, I was like, well, wait a second. Here's the difference between this year's fight and last year's fight. That's where I would go. This year's, last year's fight, I thought that they were fighting blindfolded. No direction, no real philosophy. Just like, you know, the kids when you put your hand on their forehead and they Yeah, the Three Stooges routine. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was the fight last year's, which I can't dismiss their effort, but they had no direction. This year, they're getting more credit because I do think people believe that it'll lead to something. It'll lead to a destination. It'll lead to more victories. You've seen you've seen that they're willing to fight. Check that box. You're not going to lay down. They're not going to give up. And they have a captain now as far as the offense goes. So the fight is always – there's never any questions with the defense. They're, they're fighters. Bill is their guy. Offensively, nah. So, that, so upon further review, I just like, why would it be different? I'll tell you why. Because last year it felt like there was only one phase fighting. whether And they were all out there trying to battle. But I think for those just watching at home, you felt the fight in the defense. You didn't feel the fight in the offense last year. And last year's special teams were a disaster under Belichick standards of, based on what we're used to. So to me, I think for a lot of people it was, well, one of the three phases was fighting. Now it looks like, at least in week one, all three phases have fight. Okay. Because offensively, could you have envisioned what they even did in the second quarter of game one? Could you have envisioned that at all at any point last year? Uh, the answer would be no, a hard well, no, they, I think. The funny thing is they did have good drives and, and good plays, but it was just, I have one bullet. I have one bullet. Here are all my best plays, and then it was like, okay, now it's just it was right. it was jerky. It was uh, it was clunky. It was like inconsistent. If it the was... offense had the ball for thirty minutes in a game, it felt like they had about eight minutes of fight in there. Yeah. Whereas here now they had it for what 29, yeah. 30 minutes. What it feels like there's fight all game on that side of the ball. 